0: Most, chief. John, it's okay. You like you, see
1: chief.
2: Hello and welcome to this combative episode of the Get Your Film Fix podcast. Uh, today we are going to be going down memory lane <laughs> and reviewing Steven Spielberg's Minority Report from 2002.
1: The 20th anniversary, baby!
2: I figured they could do the math. Because you couldn't? I was hoping they could do the math. Yeah. All right, guys. When this came out, I know this was a a, a fan favorite of all of ours um, early on in our friendship. (laughs) I remember being sort of like blown away by this movie coming out of the theater. And I was wondering like what aspects of this film in particular really impressed you upon the first time you viewed it. And then what impressed you this time? Was it the same? Also maybe what didn't hold up for you? So like, for example, I really, really appreciated the, uh, Technology and the futurism of this movie, and the forethought it had on all that stuff, and I really appreciated the structure of this story. I, I, the screenplay just like the structure in particular of the screenplay, uh, was was like nothing I'd ever seen. The payoff I thought would never work, and I just remember walking out of that movie and being like, "How did they pull that part of this off?" Um, and now. And I'll get, to, I'll get to the stuff this time around, but you guys go first. Chapin.
1: Um, I, I remember, I think the, I mean, it's been a long time, 20 years. Uh, but I think what really stood out for me when I saw it for the first time were the Orwellian aspects of it, but kind of updated for the modern world, like how, especially the, with all the advertisements, um, you know, the way he is eye-scanned everywhere and there's this sort of omnipresent um <clears throat> you know, sort of eye in the sky that's watching everybody. And, and that sort of worked into this, um, <clears throat> you know, ever present omnipresent advertising that is sort of tailored to us. I mean, if anybody predicted the, what social media would be like, this is a, this is a pretty great example of that. Um, and you know, I think, I think one of the reasons why I love Spielberg so much is that, you know, obviously, a lot of these movies were super important to me when they first came out. But then after I went to film school with you, Jeremy and learned all about how movies are made and the way they look and all that kind of stuff, I went back all the knowledge. I went back and I'm like, Oh man, like this is a fucking staggering looking movie. Like what, what he and Janusz did in this movie is so ballsy. And so I love that aspect of it. that's what I always notice now. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, One thing I always take away from this movie, and I think like almost every sort of like post Jurassic Park um, Spielberg movie is there's always a moral question in the movie that I feel like the movie doesn't. I mean, I think at the end, especially this one comes down on one side or the other, but, you know, you got Saving Private Ryan, right? Like, was it worth it to sacrifice all these lives for this one guy, you know? Was it a good idea to actually get rid of pre-crime? I mean, there were no murders in this in the city of murders. <laughs> I mean, like this moral question at the center of this movie, I think is fascinating. and what kind of makes this a more interesting movie than maybe it should be?
0: Uh, maybe it my takeaway hasn't changed. Um, it's the screenplay, I think is it's just so brilliant. It's so smart. It's so well structured. Uh, it was not nominated for an Oscar this year in 2002 Um, I'm looking at it now for adapted screenplay Uh, Ronald Harwood won for the pianist I don't know maybe that's okay adaptation did not win um, and this was not nominated which is ridiculous to me because everything you just talked about Chapin with the moral aspect that is questioned but not on the forefront that's not what this movie is like solely about it's more than anything it's a thriller it's a you know, a a popcorn movie, an entertaining movie. And, you know, Spielberg, as much as I, you know, can't stand Spielberg and Janusz, obviously, he's (laughs) great at making movies that are super entertaining, but you so know let have depth to, to them and are thought provoking
2: <clears throat> let me just explain to our audience so lee's a little bitter because he pit he didn't pick Yanush to win uh no, in the fixie i'm not, I'm not bitter for, so stop for speaking for me i'm not bitter. cinematography and uh he's you know he's taking it out on this movie i think a little bit um i'm not bitter first of all my pick was for dune which won you so you know that's fine y- your tone um, of voice def- definitely doesn't sound bitter <laughs> not fucking bitter, all right <laughs> um the the visuals of this
0: movie are are really impressive and you know that's always been something I've I've marveled at with this movie but it was never the first thing it was always the screenplay there's some thing you know there's some moments in this movie where the visual effects show their age, but none of it really is distracting or even matters. It actually holds up really well, and is such a unique vision and idea of how to now, are how you, to build with, this world.
2: With the visuals, are you talking about the sort of CGI of that world, or are you talking about this Yanush sort of blown-out cinematography? That, like, Does that a, work it, for you guys it's on a, this I, movie as well? I like it in this, because... It's
0: just, it's, like, very, it, it creates this illusion of just, like, very bright lights always shining down. Like, nothing is real. Everything is artificial.
2: Yeah, it creates and, a, a feel that, you're like, you're in a dishwasher. Like, and I don't say that in a bad way. Like, you're living in machinery all the time. Yeah. Uh, so, <clears throat> that's that's
0: great. I mean, I
2: love all the look of
0: this movie, but... I don't know. This is just one of the most brilliant screenplays that there's ever been. And, Jeremy, we saw this together. Do you remember what the most amazing thing about this viewing experience was?
2: Oh, God. I don't remember. I mean, it was beyond the movie. Beyond the movie. It was that people were walking out,
0: which I will Uh, never, until the day I die, understand. And there was a lot of sort of, I don't want to say disdain, but like, Lack of enthusiasm for this movie
1: well, I want in to the talk immediate about
0: aftermath, well, and I've never that. ever understood that.
1: Well, that's why I love it. That's why I love this whole process. Like, you know, I, I I was imagining the conversation. You know, this is this is one of those they do it all the time now, but this was a sort of rare at the time where DreamWorks partnered with Fox to make this movie, and I just imagine them. You know, Spielberg's developed the screenplay. They know. <laughs> They know the movie they're gonna make, and they go to Fox and they're like, "Hey, we got the summer blockbuster. It stars Tom Cruise and it's directed by Steven Spielberg. Oh my god, amazing! We're in. Can we read the screenplay?" And they're like, "Well, um, no, <laughs> no, you can't." And, um, I mean, you know, did they think Tom Cruise was gonna like his face was gonna be melted at one point, and then he would be chasing his eyeballs down a sewer system? Um, you know, like they're all like this movie is so gross. And I, I just, I, I wanted to sort of. Shed a little bit of light on the the look of this movie. Um, the the uh, they run the film uh, in this process. They run this film through a uh, development process called bleach bypass. And so, film when it's developed, it goes through all these different baths, um, you know, where it's developed. And so they they don't put it in the bleach bath, which has this effect of increasing contrast, so that's why you've got those bright, overblown highlights and those really black blacks. And it looks kind of film noir but it, it also takes the saturation down, so it's desaturated. And it also gives it this really great grainy look. But the thing about that is, you know, in this world where we're creating the look in post now, that's done on the negative. Like, there's no going back from that. It's not even done in printing. And it's ballsy. Like, you take... Tom Cruise beautiful face and you've run it through this crazy process and you get this crazy look and there's no coming back from that look.
2: I wonder if they, I wonder if they ruined some of the film and had to take like alternative takes ever. Cause once you, once it gets fucked up, it's done. You can, you what was, t- what was the second best take? Can we use that? Try it with that. I wonder, um, uh, can I tell you guys a secret? Yeah, please. So, uh, I w- I was convinced I had this on Blu-ray, uh, but it's so old I didn't. I had it on regular DVD, <laughs> and I had on regular DVD. Yeah, and normally I just you know I just watch the movie as is on the DVD and just uh, m- move on and, and hear the criticism from Chapin and <clears throat> and and you know move on with my life. But this is not a movie. <laughs> This is really not a movie you can watch on on standard definition. It looked bad. I was like I got I got two minutes into it and I'm like, I have to buy this right now. Good um, for you.
1: Good for you. I'm it, I'm impressed it, with that.
2: Well, I mean some movies, like I I remember I did that with like the Deer Hunter and it was passable, but this movie just it was not passable that way. I mean, I think the saturation just Without the sharpness of any sort of HD, the saturation like looks pretty bad.
0: Well, so I guess that furthers my point on this movie is that we loved this movie when we were watching it on regular DVD, um, and it held up then as much as it holds up now.
2: And my TV also wasn't as big as it is now, back then, so I think true. that has something to do with it. Uh But let's get. I want to talk more about the screenplay because I still was very impressed with just you know the structure and how they built to a a a murder that they were telling you about, but somehow was supposed to be justified. Uh, I love that. Some of the screenplay though, yeah. Some of the screenplay and specifically the dialogue, I didn't remember it being so sort of tongue-in-cheek and corny as it was i remember it being an example oh they make a bunch of like uh jokes the doctor there the guy from fargo he makes an eyeball he's like uh are you looking for the like something like that and and colin farrell's characters always like he's doing a lot of like i'm gonna punch you Hand and fist stuff. There's a there was play, there was points where I almost a, like laughed out loud, not in a good way. I, you know, I, I know it's the same writer of The Fifth Element, it has like that sort of some of that corniness, but I don't remember it being like that previously, and it, it took me out of the movie a bit.
1: Well, I think, uh, some of that is sort of it's got this film noir aspect to it where. There's a little bit of that hokey dialogue. I think that's part of it. Don't you think like the especially with the what you're For sure, it with... was
2: <clears throat> yeah, for sure I thought it was done on purpose, but like I said, I rem- I remember this movie being more noirish and darker than as actiony and silly as it came across to me this time.
0: I I kind of see where I mean, I can see where this movie kind of shows it's pg-13 ness where like it's it's just kind of it's making sure that it is catering to a wide audience uh maybe to a slight detriment to what this movie like really is and if you're gonna say maybe that knocks a half a star off a five-star rating on this movie then fine i would totally accept that maybe even think that's the case um but I, I I hardly call that a flaw in this movie because there's so few and far between. I don't think they're distracting. And Cruise is good enough to work in those types of movies. He does that in all his movies. There's always these kind of like tongue-in-cheek nature to kind of the way he acts. Think about collateral and like some of the moments in that, you know, where, he, you know, he, hey, homie, is that my briefcase? Which we joke about all the time because it's like this kind of funny line from this
2: but that that movie killer isn't isn't that even that line isn't corny like I mean it is but not in not in the same way where like they're making jo- you know I'll have to look up some quotes um, well, but they're they're making like sort of jokey quotes rather than sure
1: I, I don't I I really disagree with you actually I think this screenplay is perfect. I think the dialogue is great. Um, uh, yeah. Like,
2: I'd like to keep the old ones about his eyes. Why? Because my mother gave them to me.
1: I think that's a... I love oh, that.
0: I didn't mind that. line. Yeah. I think that comes across the same way as the hey homie line. Like, he doesn't... He's not telling them the real reason. We know he's not telling them the real reason. And I think Cruise pulls that type, type of thing off really well. I will say... I don't know, maybe we're jumping ahead here because it's not really specifically about the screenplay. I do think that the glaring weak spot in this movie, both in the writing of the character and maybe in the performance,
2: is Colin Farrell. The wife. Oh, Colin Farrell and the wife, I'd say.
0: Yeah, she's a... Yeah, maybe, but her role is so much smaller. Um, I know, but it ends up being pretty important. But I think Farrell is not his best here. And I think the character is written a little thinly. I If I'm going to criticize the screenplay at all.
2: Yeah, I don't know if it's Farrell's fault if that's how he was told to perform, but I do think he he took me out of it a little bit. Yeah. or wrong Chapin?
1: I, I just disagree. I don't think you're wrong, but <clears throat> I I disagree. I think he. Uh, I mean this 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 movie is uh, is over the top. Like a lot of it is over the top. Like uh, Samantha Morton, like. Either whispers or screams her entire performance, and it it just totally Samantha works. Samantha
2: Morton from uh, G.I. Jane, 2. I don't know. <laughs>
0: topical. I
1: don't know if this movie is over the top. It, it, I think I mean, there's, I, I think, but like the performance is like like the, the 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 scene that Jeremy's describing, which I fucking love, where he gets his eyes removed. That scene is 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 it's over the top it's it's like 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 uh peter stormer's character is just like just yeah but it's it's yeah, handled so well and it's it's just done under that sort of that guise of it's not so much homage but this is this is like at, at its core like a like a whodunit detective movie kind of you know it's this is like a like a double identity or it's you know but 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 heightened why can't you ever pronounce the name of
0: that iconically great movie
1: Indemnity. what's what, what am i saying wrong indemnity indemnity whatever sunset boulevard yeah i mean <laughs> i think part of my
2: issue with it this time around was just that my expectations in my head were were of like i was saying like sort of a uh, more of a, a double indemnity a darker he, he it said it the darker. same way I
1: said it. Yeah, but Jeremy
0: always mispronounces things. You're better than that. <laughs> no, I
1: Who said it right. He expects more
0: from you. I said it right. I, the interesting thing about this movie is is our expectations or our memories of it. Because I don't know how many times I've seen it. I feel like I've seen it a hundred times. And so you kind of create this like, like vision in your head of what it it is exactly. So as soon as it steers away from that, and in your case, Jeremy, like you know, campy one-liners or whatever it may be. Or for me, it was Farrell kind of taking me out of the movie every now and then. It, it throws you more than it normally would, and especially as much as it would in that first viewing when you're totally engaged. But again, I've seen this movie, I don't know, a dozen times, but it feels like more. So in my head, I know exactly what this movie is. And I know how much I love it. I know how good it is. So as soon as that one little tiny thing distracts me in the slightest that suddenly feels bigger.
2: What about since you know you've seen it more times than I have, but I've seen it a bunch, Jaden's seen it a bunch. Um
0: did the payoff I've seen it, but
2: did the 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 payoff work this time around? I think brilliantly. Yeah, yeah it's so good. It's so smart. Yeah, and um, it's it's planted
0: expertly. It's you know, there's there's no there's a couple things that are planted really nicely. We talk about the eyes thing like that's brought up earlier in the movie where you, you can, get it done for a couple hundred bucks nowadays. And, uh, uh, Tim Blake Nelson says, but then, you know, the introduction of the, like the quote unquote minority report doesn't come until much later in the movie when he's meeting with the, uh, the woman in the planetarium. And then, um, then you have things about the echoes and those being erased is so easy quickly passed over just ex- explaining what pre-crime is and how it works to Colin Farrell, who is sort of a surrogate for us, right? That stuff's done so expertly. Yeah. So that when we get to the end, it all is, it starts to piece together and it's not dropped on us. We can, we start to piece it together as they do. And I think that's great writing.
2: Yeah. And the one, the one big thing you kind of just have to accept and just go with for this to work is that there's these three humans that can, predict murder yeah. and they try to you know fine. gloss it over with this or that but uh yeah you kind of just gotta go all right i guess that's that's what it is although i do wonder if 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 uh agatha was the strongest one why she couldn't have predicted the murders when they were on the run which ones um uh colin farrell's character got killed while they're on the run, oh, maybe she did, but she's who would she? They wouldn't she see it. Yeah, I know, but she didn't even say it to to John Anderson. Well, she's she not. Go, hey. She's not.
1: She's not drugged and like plugged into the whatever that to the
2: system. Yeah, to the
1: system, and has yeah. the other two to back him up. Meanwhile, you know the, what? Twi- that, the twins are I'll, just I'll like,
0: eh, I don't really see anything. Those guys. Yeah, are the lazy. twins are just
2: like, well, I Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, it is, you know. It is it, it, even knowing like where it's going and how it pulls it off, it's fun to watch it get there i and i I read something where because I was curious because like we like
0: we said like I there were people walking out of the the movie, and I just have never understood that and understood why people didn't like this movie, and I don't know if that still exists, but I was looking at IMDb's user reviews to see if anything would shed some light on
2: that. do they still have those?
0: yeah, they're on there um. Hmm. And I can't remember what it was, but one of them started pointing out these, like, you know, here's why this wouldn't have worked because the precogs would have seen X, Y, or Z, like something like that. And I was, and I was trying t- at first I was like, okay, let me backtrack and see if they have a point there. Like, is there a, is there a glitch here in kind of the structure of this, how this story plays out? And then I was like, actually, who cares? Just like, I don't care like why there's precogs. Like, if there's a little thing about, like, you know, people do it with Back to the Future all the time, being like, oh, well, if this, if this happened in the past, then this wouldn't have happened in the future. Who cares? This movie is awesome. If there's a couple little uh, inconsistencies in terms of the, how accurate it plays
2: out, it really shouldn't matter. How, how accurate this futuristic world that's not real plays out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well... Um... So, what, other than, you know, Lee getting taken out of it with Colin Farrell's performance and me kind of being a little taken aback by the, the cheesy one-liners, was there anything for you, Chapin, this time around? That you were? not crazy like, about Whoa. the
1: very ending. And I know, and I think, uh, I'd love to talk about this a little bit with Spielberg. I think his, he's often criticized for his endings, and sometimes I'm like, well, I think that's a little unfair. I, I, I don't like it in this movie.
2: Remind me, what was the so the you've got this really ending.
1: dark movie and all these awful things happen, and there's this sense of oh,
2: they get back together
1: dread and and whatever. And and you know, once once they've worked this shit out, they've I mean, honestly, they haven't done anything to mend the memory. I mean, the, the problems with their child are still there just because they've yeah, defeated <laughs> they pre crime doesn't mean <laughs> they've <laughs> solved their issues, and and he's there with what's her name and she's pregnant at the end and um
0: yeah it's just unnecessary
1: like i i kind of would have liked it to just kind of leave it with you know burgess being killed or whatever but um do we also
2: need the uh the precogs to be living in a cabin in a in the woods reading books reading right Do we need that, too? Uh, yeah, you're right. I, I think that was a I mean, that's too. Spielberg's too affinity tidy. for,
0: you know, riding, yeah, wrapping stuff up in a bow. But
1: what, what do you guys think about the, the moral question here? I mean, does that interest you at all? It's something about I've thought a lot be, I
0: think it's actually, I mean, Farrell says it right at the beginning, and it really made me think through the rest of the movie, like, you are arresting people that have done nothing wrong. And it's it's a fascinating thought where it's like, OK, you have proof that this is going to happen. And then the movie basically goes on to prove that that is not the case where she says you can choose and John Anderton does choose. And so does Lamar. And it just creates a it's a kind of a fascinating paradox. Yeah. That but then
2: there's the fact that John Ander- Anderton chooses not to do it and then still ends up doing it the exact same way that it was predicted. Yeah, but not at the same time. No, but only and, slightly late. But, he, later. Didn't,
1: but and, he didn't pull the trigger.
0: And Lamar didn't. And Lamar was was said to he was going to kill John Anderton, and he didn't. Um, so it proves that the
2: precogs are can be wrong. And but only that, only when you have knowledge of them. So all those people who made those decisions had the knowledge beforehand. You know, like the guy who, at the beginning of the movie, who was going to kill his wife in the spur of the moment because she was... Karl uh, Marx. Yeah, sleeping oh, with the guy Marks. from the park. Yeah, and why they don't wait a little longer to come <laughs> yeah. over. He was just like, I can't just wait, l- come on. L- l- it.
0: Just lurking across the street. I um, um I also... So they also have... There. There's also the the... The, the minority report aspect of it, which is that the precogs can disagree and see things differently. And the pre-crime program has never bothered with that. They've always, if they've seen a murder, they just go with it, even if there's a minority report. And so that opens up a whole nother question about exactly what we're talking
2: about. Like what well, you're arresting these people who have done nothing wrong. I mean, if, if I was going to find a flaw in this screenplay, I think it's to that Chapin's, human. always is. yes. Is, to Chapin's point is maybe they should this movie should have been less decisive about its stance on this question. I, I, I would have liked to seen an ending where you go, "I don't know, I, I honestly don't know." It, it makes the decision uh, that, yeah. that this is just not right. So what you want? So then,
0: what you want for that to happen? And I'm not, and honestly, kind of like the idea of this is Lamar does kill John, does Richard. kill him. Yep. And yeah. pro- and pr- just as he says, like you kill me, you prove that pre crime works. Um, I think that would have been a way way wait, better.
1: Uh, how does ending. it? How does it prove that pre crime works?
0: Because the the precogs predicted that he would kill him.
1: They did. in that
2: man- manner. Yeah. Yeah. The did. red ball comes out.
1: Oh, of yep. Lamar killing John Anderson?
2: Yep, killing John Anderson. And and the video comes out of, of yeah, and they, them on the balcony just like that. So, so I think he, and that then would he have says been he's much like in, if you kill me,
0: you go away, but you prove that pre-crime works. And that would have been pretty interesting if he did do that. But So, I but guess PG 13.
1: But the okay, so but the the moral question I think is still there, which is that okay, so you you have stopped murder. There are no murders in in the vicinity of where free crime operates, but once you... Well, here's what I think. <laughs> the moral question
0: is not so much should we use this technology to apprehend people who are about to commit murder as much as it is should we halo these people and put them away for life. Right, right. Like, maybe don't do that. Let's find some programs that we can... Right, right. Put them in and, and that's the big thing like for sure do this and stop murder but then let's find something else maybe a little bit better to do with with the uh, the proposed
2: criminals and do you think there's a bigger question I mean I kn- I know what I would think but I, uh, you know it's it's instead of just the question of you know if you could prevent murder would you would you do it How about a bigger question of technology? determining sort of our our future which is closer to what we're sort of getting into now.
1: Well, I think I think the real question is of free will. Right. And I think that does free will does intertwine with technology in a weird way like with AI and you know being on the precipice of you know thinking computers and being able to,
0: well, you know that there's a, so this is a weird comparison, but it just came to mind with this. This is exactly what we're talking about. There's a, there's this office episode, American office episode where Michael is driving and the GPS tells him to turn and he just follows the GPS into the lake. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Instead of just seeing that the technology is not telling him to go the right way. And he has the freedom to turn, the car, but doesn't. So yeah, we are influenced so heavily by technology. And this movie is an example of that. Like the, the technology is basically telling us the future.
1: But the, I that mean, the, <clears throat> there will the be the whole
0: idea of like people being able to decide their own fate is wiped away from the, the opportunity for them to do that is taken away.
1: Right. And also there'll be a, I mean, I think even in the not so distant future,
0: there will be tugs.
1: you'll you'll be able to read people's thoughts i mean you'll essentially be able to conduct a lie a lie detector test but like by imaging somebody's brain you know like you'll be able to uh see if someone is a murderer i mean like, like and, and and then at what point is intervention right or wrong and uh i, I think, well, these, I think- intervention
0: I think can always be right it just depends on what that intervention is like Karl Marx for example sees this guy go into his house to sleeping with his wife I don't know isn't that his name Karl Marx is the the, communist guy
2: I know but that's his name isn't it I don't think they're that that's some bad writing
0: (laughs) isn't that what his name is
1: no
2: Uh,
0: Well, it's probably not Karl but it's Marx something Anyway, he he's just upset that his wife is cheating on him and acts emotionally, Howard Marks. Howard Karl Marx, Howard Marx. Um acts emotionally, this guy should not be locked up forever. Like the intervention is the problem. It's not it what the intervention is is the problem. It's not the, the act of stopping the murder.
1: Right, like so yeah. had, had had you told that guy. The morning they got the the red ball that, he you know, you're going to kill your wife this morning, you know, would that change things?
2: Yeah, right, but they just didn't have enough time up. to do it.
1: <laughs> right, but they can't.
0: Just call him up and be like, look, we understand <laughs> your wife's cheating on you. And he'd have be a like, talk.
2: What? Just don't kill her. Uh, remove all the scissors from the house. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, oh man! Here's, dude, some, here's something I off. wanted to um, actually bring up with you guys is the connection connections, I suppose that I made uh, with this movie and The Fugitive. Um, some are very like surface level. For example, the opening credits. First of all, like the kind of music note when it says Minority Report is very similar to. on the fugitive, but also you have that opening scene kind of of this flashing murder. You don't see it all, but it's very similar to the opening of the fugitive. And then the end, it's the same idea that the, our hero confronts our villain in this like big ballroom, big event before their final showdown. Fugitive. And then not only that, the chase, right? Um, The chase in this movie is reminiscent of the fugitive.
2: Uh, Speaking of that, Opening murder, I I loved the way they filmed the mem or not the memories but the predictions. The oh, and way- the way they use that board and well, not just the board, just how that looks. That's how I'm podcasting with you guys right now how that looks is how i sort of picture if you were to pull pull a memory i'm, I'm using the word memory because i don't predict the future yeah. that often out of my head and displayed it that you know the blurry edges the you know the oversaturation. that must have been a very awesome interesting conversation to have like how are we going to do this um how are we going to show it how is this all going to work I mean it's even just I, like I within that is brilliant.
0: I think that's the most amazing visual aspect of this movie more so than kind of the you know futuristic cars and cities and the way it's shot. I love the the design idea of that and how Cruise can put on these gloves and kind of move the images around to try to make sense of them and put the puzzle together.
1: He's and kind exactly of, he's what kind I'm of saying a little bit.
0: Yeah, I just think it's such a brilliant idea. It's so cool. It's it's visually cool. It's visually entertaining. It also serves the very important purpose of keeping this movie a mystery, especially when it comes to Anderton's murder. Like, where is he supposed to go? They can't... The reason they aren't there is because they can't find where he is. They can't figure out, you know, where this murder takes place, who these people are, who the old lady smoking the pipe is, the guy in the window with the sunglasses, all that stuff is just a collection of images or like a collection of puzzle pieces that they weren't able to put together. And that's so important. It's And it's just so cool. It's such a good movie. Like, honestly, it's... I was watching it, and I'm just like, God, this movie's fucking good. And it's... Again, all the stuff we've talked about, Colin Farrell, one-liners, you know, the wife, the ending, whatever little pieces you want to nitpick at, I just don't think any of it really matters in the grand scheme of this movie. Maybe there's a couple things that could have made it that much better, but are we really now, 20 years later, all that concerned about that? No. I would say we are not. No. It's a movie I think people should get on board with. <laughs> 20, Yeah, 20
2: years later.
0: I don't know. Is it, is it is still it like... a thing that people don't <clears throat> like this movie?
2: I forget. Is it on a lot of best of the decades for that decade? Like when we did that, was that showing up on other people's lists? The
0: two thousands.
2: Yeah, remember. the two thousands. Or has it been like a little bit lost to time?
1: That's a good question. That's a
2: good question.
0: I don't. I wouldn't say that it's quite lost to time, but I. I would say that if people. If if you were to ask the majority of film critics and film people the best movies of the two thousands this wouldn't be on their top ten. I would even take a top twenty five, really. I would say it come. I would say it probably would show up in fifty percent of top twenty fives, which is too low. It should be in all of them. But uh, it's not a movie that's talked about a lot. It's not a Spielberg movie that's talked about a lot or a Tom Cruise movie that's talked about a lot, a sci-fi movie. All of the things that this movie is, it's not one of the first movies that gets brought up.
1: It's weird. It, AI has had a bigger... Re, it, it was a much less popular and, and much more maligned movie. Minority my Report got really good reviews when it came out. But yeah. AI did not. But AI has been sort of rediscovered in a way that I think we wish... That minority report, report would, be. would be yeah.
2: Oh god, I'm I'm just we need a like, we need a researcher. Brand. We need Brandley to do our our research. But yeah. I'm like just looking at like even basic lists. And I'm like throwing up in my mouth at some of yeah, these. Yeah, the number like, one nor-
1: movie is Return of the King. Barf.
2: Oh, I uh, the Dark Knight. Yeah. Well. Glad, the Gladiator. Come on, guys. Uh, you know.
0: I think The Dark Knight is the most overrated movie of all time.
2: Well, that's—I mean—doesn't
0: mean, doesn't make it bad, you know. But I
2: had it the lowest on all, all of our lists.
0: I don't want people to misunderstand me when I say that doesn't make it a bad movie. I don't love it. I think it's got a lot of good things, but
2: yeah. So Anchorman's twenty-seven, and uh, Minority Report hasn't shown up. God. So at a certain point, you just can't. Okay, so what, at these. Can, what is it then?
0: Can we can we figure out what it is that people I
2: aren't think we on board kind of with? I think we kind of pinpointed it. I think if this was a rated R movie with a with the a, a darker ending, maybe the ending we discussed, oh, it's, I think it's,
1: it's on the Washington Post's list.
2: I think but, it would be higher. If, but do
0: you think that would be that would make it higher among the general audience? I don't
1: know.
2: I would I so. mean we're not looking at the general audience. I mean but the general I audience would have But that's I think a
0: lot of people have... don't like it. or like don't care about it.
2: But who cares? I'm talking about like in in film in the lore, film war where... in the film lore of time of the 2000s. Well, that's, that's
0: pathetic then if that's just like oh we needed it to be a little darker a little darker ending because that's a very small portion of this movie and the ending oh, of this movie is really it's, good. It's not it's, like it's a bad ending.
1: It's number eleven on Ranker's list, although not, it's an interesting Good
0: job, list. Ranker. What's there? What's the, give us the top five on that list just so we have a frame of reference.
1: Castaway, catch me if you can. No country for old men. Three hundred. Big fish. Oh, oh
2: god. Mm, boy. So it's it's just one person's like favorite movies. Right. <laughs> they like big fish.
0: As speaking of movies that we talk about all the time,
2: love, love me some, some of, big some, fish.
0: Some of the best from the uh, the auteurs.
2: I mean, I, I big fish is fine. It's enjoyable. It's fine. I don't it's remember fine. any of it. Uh, but you know, it's not. It's not the best of a decade. Uh, anyhow, anything else you guys want to talk about with this movie in particular? Uh, performances. We kind of. Uh, Address that a little I, bit. Um, uh, got, I, Max particular. von Sydow is great. In I got this. one
1: for you. Where is Cruz better than in this movie?
2: Minor, I mean, Minority Part. Yeah, I, I like him better in Collateral. Really? Yeah, I, I might do. like him better in Collateral. I
1: don't think so I think he's better in this.
0: I love him in this, though. I think he's fantastic.
1: So good. It's just like exactly what you want from Cruz.
0: Yeah, it's it's perfect. Um, I think Max von Saito is really great in this. I like Neil McDonough. I like a lot of the like character actors that I don't know anything about in this movie. I like the guy that plays Jad. That (laughs) he's like, he's like, why don't you go get me a piece of that cake from the, he's like, Oh yeah, I'll get one myself as he's hiding himself, murdering somebody on the screen. (laughs) He's like, Oh yeah, I'll get myself a piece of cake.
2: (laughs) Um, this is back when, when Cruz was really like trying to, uh, check off the directors. Um, Oh yeah. You know, lately it's like I'm looking at his filmography, it's just Mission Impossible Eight, Mission Impossible yeah, Seven, he just Top Gun, Mission with, Impossible uh... Fallout. Like Jack Reacher, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, Edge of Tomorrow Oblivion, like Jack Reacher. I mean, come on, Cruz. Like this is the guy. Edge of Tomorrow wrote... is a movie it's a good movie to compare this to. I would say collateral like... is the last time he was like director chasing. Like because you know he he, you know that was michael mann um and then then that was uh that was you know only 2004 uh previously night and day with james mangold that was not a uh, great movie but i wouldn't even call that director chasing though i mean this is a guy who's worked with you know scorsese that's worked with uh uh, kubrick who's worked worked with doug lyman and spielberg he's worked with pta 17 Do you see the difference between the guys I'm naming and then Doug Lyman?
0: I do, but he, it's it, the fact that he's still consistently working with different directors. I don't think he's going to anymore. I think he's pretty much settled into his his uh, you know his retirement with Christopher McQuarrie. But
1: <laughs> and that movie you know. is making in space. <laughs>
2: yeah, Christopher McQuarrie and Elon Musk and Elon Musk is. Has... Untitled SpaceX project. So,
0: but, so yeah. it's interesting. So he did Vanilla Sky in 2001, and then he starred in Minority Report alongside Cameron Crowe, yep. who I forgot had the weird cameo in this movie. Trivia. It's all his cousins in this movie, too.
1: Yeah, he's in every movie. Yeah. He's in every one of those movies.
2: <laughs> well, I don't know, guys. All I right. think we've, uh, we've. Well, I think just we should. Exhausted. I think we talk about
1: other things. This is our first post Oscar, like the podcast. Oscars, yeah,
0: which I think was the worst Oscars in the history of the Oscars, or the both best from a both from a telecast standpoint and also from a uh, awards given standpoint.
1: Well, let's talk about. It. Let's get uh, into it because you know we we have been talking about our listeners having a leg up at the Oscars. I don't I don't know that they did really um, from the fixies did it? or they're I guess. Best, hand best cinematography.
0: Up. Well, that one, that Dune won that too. I, that's what I'm saying. I don't think that, Oscar
1: I, I don't think yeah. we, I, th- I think that's the only thing we predicted. Well,
2: that's not predicting. It's different. Predicting yeah, it's would different. be like, we're not predicting. We're, yeah, we're not predicting. We're, we're saying the right answers. And then uh, I will say what was interesting is how poorly power of the dog did at the Oscars. Which is I
0: think interesting. Kind of af- affirmed our conversation on that movie that I don't think people actually really liked it all that much.
2: Yeah, it was definitely the movie of the year to say you liked it, even if you didn't like it. You can't be yeah. like, oh, I didn't like Power of the Dog. You didn't like Power of the Dog. Oh, yeah. You also can't say mo- it in, like, Coda. Because they don't... What? Well, just oh, <laughs> one best you, picture. Oh, yeah, yeah. That one... Come on. That, you guys
1: can't agree with that shit. I don't agree no, with it being... Of course the. of I told
0: you, I told you, Jamin, you didn't respond... That our buddy Sean Fennessy said it perfectly. That Coda is categorically not the best achievement in cinema this year, and it is nowhere close to that. But it is a really good movie,
2: and that's okay. It can be a really good movie. I mean, this is the problem with the Oscars: is they're not they're not giving the award to the best. It's become politicized. Like you, I, honestly, they have other things it? to think
0: about. It's not it just has. that. It's about it's about like what movies people can see. You know what I want? I I meant to bring no this up saw on Coda. the. No f- Coda. It was on like, Apple TV. It was available forever for everybody. Right, but it's not like the it's not like the big biggest. It doesn't matter. It's either. the availability to see it. When these things get nominated and these people are voting, they can see these movies. And I meant to bring this up on the fixies that. Worst person in the world was such a prime example of why you need to make your movie available for people to see. This was a movie that we barely got to.
2: I don't think it matters. I don't. I think if worst it person does. in the world was they, streaming, don't they
0: vote for these movies if they don't see I'm them. I'm telling
2: you, Coda won because it, it it represented the the deaf community and the Oscars. Yeah, that's par- a big part of it too. That's what I'm saying. Well, what I'm saying by politicized, like they're they're trying to fill quotas. They're not it's not about this is the best movie, this is what this movie did extraordinarily well. Like forget all everything else. We're the we the Academy Awards. We're not looking at trying to make sure our, our Oscars are equally dispersed, or they shouldn't be, but they are. Like, oh that needs the the deaf community gets a chance to get an Oscar. Here you go. Um you know and it's not I think both those you things. Predict, I think that You is can true predict too. based I, on.
0: Yeah, I think, but also I, Apple. What you're saying is true, but too. you are. I think you are drastically under appreciating how much how much it plays a factor into how much, how people see these movies, and how available
2: they are for people to see. But they because, all get screeners. If you're in the academy, you get a screener.
0: But they. But it doesn't matter. People don't. People don't watch them. So a movie like Coda. A movie like Coda
2: but why, if they have a screener, are they not watching it and then going on to? Because they could have seen Coda at any point. It was
0: available immediately on Apple TV. Same with Don't Look Up. They could have seen Coda in when did that come out? In August, July. I but it, I, don't know. I think it
1: has more to do with the promotion, don't you think?
0: I think that's a part of it too but all these movies promote to a certain extent.
1: Yeah, but they didn't have Apple money behind it. I them. mean,
0: except except Licorice
2: Pizza. <laughs> that gets no promotion. <laughs> well, uh Will Smith won't be attending the Academy Awards anytime soon. Apparently for 10 years he's been been banned. Really? Um yep, yeah, for 10 years. <laughs> wow. He gets not I allowed back. Well, he also um like I mean, how turned in his Academy card? Yeah, how fucking wild is it that he went onto stage, he hit somebody for making a joke, and then won the Oscar later? And he was had his whole acceptance speech was about trying to trying to cover up for his behavior, and like he instead of this being like Will Smith's Oscar, this is now the Will Smith slap year like yeah. that they're not never going to think about i'm never going to think about anything else i couldn't i could not believe it i was just like beside myself i thought I, I i what yeah, it was he hit him he it hit was him. shocking and then for people to come out afterwards and start saying like well she has alopecia and he should he, he's just like yeah the amount he of people laughed that def- at the joke the amount of people that <laughs> defended will smith after and i knew it was going to happen and i knew it was going to enrage me but oh, then not me. Who cares? Oh, it was. The- I do, I do, because like very few things. Like uh, I, I will, I care about, but I will always defend to the death comedians' ability to say whatever they want. Uh, they can be you can criticize them good you or bad good or bad I mean you cannot laugh at their jokes but like comedians need the bill they can't be attacked on stage well, if you decide you didn't like a joke like, also you cannot do it it's not good for our democracy first off like well that the 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 broader
0: point there is like to your point is of all the roasts at award shows over yeah. all these years—that's <laughs> <laughs> what led to the
2: assault. <laughs> yeah, and, and the only thing that offended me from Chris Rock's point of view was the joke itself was like maybe a two out of ten. Yeah,
0: terrible. And the one before it was bad too. None of his yeah, jokes were good.
2: I, I didn't find I didn't find this joke that great, but you know, that's yeah. It is what so it is. You it, move it was on. Real,
0: it was such a strange situation because, like, first of all, I mean, we're like you know whatever we were halfway through two thirds of the way through the, the, the worst three hours of television in the history of the medium. And this happens. And we're like, and I, and I knew it, I knew something was up because the, the broadcast like cut out the sound for so long. So, and then, so you knew that it wasn't a stage thing. And then you could see how awkward, Chris Rock respond. I mean, he composed himself relatively well, but he was was like, he was kind of like stuttering through the rest of his presentation.
2: You know, he had, you know, he there's this moment where he went like, oh, I wish I could. Like, he he wanted to just unload. He said
0: he almost said that. Yeah. So when he when the second time Will Smith said, "Keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth," he said he said he said okay. I and he's like I could and then he just stopped. Like he was like I could just and then he just stopped, and he kind of oh thought God, Imagine of if it.
2: he did. Imagine if he just went off. <clears throat> that would have been awesome, yeah, but then it wouldn't have been. <laughs> then I would have got people tuning in. <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: but uh, but yeah, that was that was
0: something. But the question we, is, the funny thing is, it's like this won't help the Oscars at all. That was so. That was a that show was so much worse than the absolutely terrible show they had last year during the pandemic, where at least the right movies and people won awards but this was so much worse it was just absolutely awful the editing the the presentations the uh, the presentation of the 50th anniversary of the godfather was embarrassing like it was such a bad show and then you have this like major culturally significant thing happen out of nowhere <laughs> will any more people watch the Oscars next year? Probably not. Because they're gonna, uh, they're gonna be like maybe. maybe somebody
2: will punch somebody. Yeah, this year. I think there'll be people that <laughs> tune in and be like, Oh, what do we got this year? Uh only to be disappointed. Yeah. Well Well There you go. Well, we should've we should all gotten a fight on the fixies. A fist fight. That would have been fun. To the death. That would have been fun. Yeah.
1: Do you think this is going to
2: uh, fight to the death? How long, next long would year. that take us? <laughs> we would, we would, we would give up far yeah. before that ever happened. None of us are bleeding yeah. or anything. Yeah. <laughs> we just, we just could
1: one hits, just, just, just one, hit. just one slap. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: Like,
2: oh, this is just, this is just a stupid idea. <laughs> we're just trying to compete, man. <laughs>
0: yeah. So to get the type of ratings the Oscars get, um, I think, our, I think our goal of having having a bigger audience than the Oscars isn't as far off as it was before this year's. I think we're getting closer each year as they go down and we go up.
2: We take the high road. Yeah, we don't slap people. No, I, we close our hand and punch them. Yeah, punch them right in the fucking mouth. <laughs> Although Chapin was pretty
0: heated when Coda got a Best Picture nomination.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: I thought that was it. I no, thought that was yeah. the... Chapin, what infuriates you more? coda best picture or green book best picture i think we may have asked you this already
1: you haven't but um green book i mean the thing is is that green book was just like that year was just delusional um
0: (laughs) coda isn't offensive
1: it's not no (laughs) yeah um
0: it's offensive to you but the movie itself is not offensive
1: what did it win over? What you did Green don't like Book, deaf people. What did Green Book win over? Let's look.
0: Uh, Roma. Oh, oh so yeah,
1: that's that's much more offensive <laughs> to me. Yeah.
2: A, yeah. Um, okay. Well. Yeah, I mean it's been talked to death. Like, there's here's nothing the thing. we're gonna say that.
0: I. Chapin, here's a here's a harder question for you, and we can close on this. Coda winning best picture versus Power of the Dog winning best picture. Now I think we can all agree that Power of the Dog is a greater achievement. It's a better made, it's a more well-made movie, but it is definitely not more of an enjoyable movie. If Power of the Dog won best picture, I don't think you'd have been upset, but I think you would have been like this the hell with this year.
1: No, I <clears throat> I think I think Power not, of the Dog is a challenging movie to watch and for that, I appreciate it. I think, I think you kind of, excuse me. I think you hit the nail on the head. It's, it's, it's not an enjoyable. And this is what I said when we watched it. It's not an enjoyable movie to watch. Uh, It's, it's just not. Um, And, but I think for that reason, it's challenging. And in that, for that reason, it's more interesting. A movie. Yeah. And I don't think Coda challenges anything. And I find it to be just like a, um, you're right, it's not offensive. I don't think it's good. I think it's I, I think it doesn't do anything interesting um and but uh so I I, I would have given it to power of the dog. I think that's a I think I that's what I want to see. I mean, I think imagine everybody imagine like I like I think I think what really solidified the importance of the Oscars, I don't care about the broadcast like, they do on the big picture and i don't you know it's the awards i'm concerned about and you know every year in my office you know nobody cares about movies until you and, know and we're in a creative field here and nobody cares about movies or really really talks about movies until oscar season and then people like ge- genuinely there's like a couple people in the office who try to see every best picture nomination and then you still
0: don't do my my oscar pool
1: none of you do i'm sorry That's rude and and I guess my point is, is that I think people care. People think the Oscars are important and care about what's nominated and what wins. And for that reason, if I was someone voting on the Academy, I would want the movies to be challenging. And I would want them to yeah. imagine everybody who would be like, I'm, there's no r- way. I, I have no interest in seeing a movie about an old woman who lives in a van. And then they see a movie like... Um,
0: no land. land.
1: And hopefully it blows their fucking socks off, right? Like it blew our, blew our, blew our out, blew our hours off. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, it blew. Uh, certainly. Well, I think, I
2: think also like if you're an Academy member and you're, you're really looking at it instead of trying to pick the, flavor of the week for that year to try to be whatever it, you're thinking it may be more inclusive or what you want. You want your movies to stand the test of time. You you don't that, want like yeah. somebody to look back and in, in, in 20 years and be like, so green book is, was considered the best movie of that year. This and, is, I,
0: you know? and I'm glad you brought that up because I really liked Coda. It didn't end up making my top 10, but I really liked it. And I already, but I already feel this way. And I think over time, like you're talking about Jeremy, I'm going to feel even more so it's silly that Coda won best picture. Like we're going to look back and be like Coda won best picture that year when there's movies like Dune and drive my car and licorice pizza and power. of The dog is whether we like it or not is, you know, an impressive achievement that won best director and West side story that, you know, like it or not, it's more impressively made than Coda. So I think it's silly that a movie like Coda wins and, you know, there's been movies like that in the past where we are scratching our head at their victories, so that's just the way it goes.
2: And that's why the film industry needs a better standardized award show. Oh, wait. If they only there one. was one. But we even fucked Called up. The Fixies.
1: We even I don't fuck. think we
2: fucked it up. What, what do we fuck up? Are we
1: going to look about? back and be happy with Dune as our Fixie winner?
0: I, I am becoming happier with the selection. I still agree with what we said that I think... Worst person in the world is probably the best movie of the year, but I am becoming more content and comfortable with Dune winning the fixie than I was. I don't in think it's aftermath. I don't, it's not
2: in, an embarrassing pick a, at no. all. No, I can not see a, no, that represent. I, I,
1: I, and, and I, I I'm
2: happy you for know, that. Dune, to represent Dune won the, the most
1: Oscars. They didn't win any of the important ones, but it won the most of any film. <laughs> I
0: guess that's something. Um, I want because I'm so I'm just curious because uh, Roma won best picture at the Fixies in 2019. It wasn't my favorite, it wasn't my pick for number one, it wasn't Jeremy's pick for number one. But I'm wondering if that probably is that, that probably is still. I'm just curious if like some of our other Fixie winners. Parasite, Nomadland, over the course of time will be our number ones. We'll feel the same way. Because we we changed very quickly this year. We we voted Dune. We feel okay about Dune. But very quickly, we all kind of said maybe worst person in the world should have won that award. But over time, are we going to feel... Is there any movies that you guys think maybe we will feel like should have won?
1: I'd love to watch Roma again and see if it holds up. I think Parasite was an important film and and a, and a remarkable film to win that year. I thought yeah. that was a a great way to make up for the fucking terribleness of yeah the year before Green Book. Um, <clears throat> and I'm I'm really glad it won the Fixie. Uh, I don't know. I I you know f- films like Nomadland and uh and
0: I mean there were just some good ones that year. Nomadland, Mank, The Father. Yeah. You know, if those are some movies that like if I rewatch some
2: of those, the more I rewatch some of them, I I I, wonder. Have, I think I said it on the fix. I'm so happy with those two years. I really think that we got it right. Nomadland and Parasite. I think those were the oh, best sure. movies. Well, those movies also we and those also have, won best
0: picture interestingly <laughs> enough at the Oscars.
2: Right. Um, uh
0: and I'm happy Roma I think too. I am happy with that. I think Roma's right. Looking at looking at that year um, Jeremy, your number one was the favorite. My number one was Beautiful Boy, which I, you know, continuously challenge you guys to rewatch. Um, you know, this, the, that year, I don't know, not sure how great that year was. A Star is Born, obviously, is a good movie. But that was Vice, Bohemian Rhapsody, yes. Green Book, Black Klansman, uh, you know, I'd have to look at our fixie list to see what else was on there that year. I can't remember. First Man was that year. That should have gotten some more credit. Thank you.
2: All right. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Get Your Film Fix podcast. Um, do we still got a? What's our, our? We got a new email. Oh, new email. New email. Right, new yeah. email. Yep. Go Very ahead. simple.
0: Get your film fixed podcast at gmail.com
2: simple we kept it simple that's probably why we weren't getting so many emails it was too complicated before (laughs)
0: Uh, get your film fix podcast at gmail.com
2: alright thanks for listening I'm sorry Don but you're gonna have to run again run